Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Inflamed Sisters Thriving Podcast, a safe space created to guide women living with chronic illness to uncover their purpose by doing what they were meant to do, move in power by advocating for themselves and accelerate their growth in health, career, and business. You will learn how to stop hiding and start thriving. We will inspire, educate, and motivate you as we show you Inflamed Sisters thrive together always. Hello, my name is Katina Morrison, and this is the Inflamed Sisters podcast, and I am so happy to have you all here. Today, we have the amazing guest, Antoinette Crisana. Come on hello, in, girl. Hello, hello. It's so good to see you, and I'm hearing your voice so crisp so well. <laughs> it's so good. And I love seeing your smile, sis. It's so good to see <laughs> Thank that. You. So everyone knows me, Katina Morrison, um, who is the podcast host and a chronic illness coach. But tell me about you, sis. Introduce us. Okay. My name is Antoinette Atkinson. So Antoinette Chrisana, which I go by. Um, I run the illness.chronicles RA warrior page. Um, a little bit about my story is I have been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and I have been fighting it. I've, I like to say that I'm seven years deep in these RE streets. Mm -hmm. So like I started, it started for me at age 20. And from there, you know, it has progressed and progressed where I am seven years deep now. Um, RE hit me when I was, in, I think I believe a sophomore in university at French University. You know, I was just getting all my new little things down. I just got my new apartment. I had just, you know, just got, you know, finished my classes that I needed, all these little things. And then I noticed that my um, feet started to get sensitive. I noticed that my hands were getting sensitive. No longer could I, you know, hold the pencils and take to take notes in class. I can no longer like walk to my class without, you know, extreme pain. I couldn't stand without extreme pain. You know, I was sitting in class sometimes and I couldn't hardly, you know, between the pain and, you know, trying to take notes, I couldn't concentrate. All these different things were happening. I was kind of just, you know, I went to a doctor back then, years those years ago, to get kind of a checkup to see kind of what was going wrong with me. And she had equated to being, you know, well, if your knees hurt and your ankles hurt, then it must be weight related. And so, you know, I kind of took her at that word and just went along with those things. So, you know, things progressed further. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Oh my God, yeah, I got this, I gotta get this weight off because you know the pain is getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. Year about a year passed, you know, I'm about to go into junior year, and we realized that, whoa, you know, this is getting even worse. At this point, like it became to the point where I had to have a cane. I needed a crutch, like to get around campus. I wasn't able to walk across campus to get to my classes any longer. You know, I had to sit down and drive across, just across, like in the campus wasn't that wide. I had to drive all the way across there just to make it to my classes. And eventually we, I kept pressing, I kept pressing, I kept pressing. And then because I had moved into an apartment that was a second floor apartment, it didn't have no elevator. My mother actually had to move on campus with me to help me. I couldn't do my hair. I couldn't grip a comb. I couldn't cook. And at this point, it almost was unbearable to even lift and hold a washcloth. So my mother moved on campus to help me and assist me. And we tried that for a while. And eventually, you know, because I'm the oldest of eight kids, my mother, you know, she couldn't stay up there all the time with me. I would live the hour, about an hour and 15 minutes away from, um, the house so eventually we decided you no know, internet maybe you need to take a um you know try to go doing like the i think it's like the half term kind of period so we did that and i tried to do part-time student 
we tried and we tried. And then eventually, you know, we noticed back at home, I had become even worse. It, at this point, I had become wheelchair bound. So no longer could I stand on my own. I couldn't stand unassisted. I couldn't do anything for myself, like even transfer myself from the bed. I had to use a busy board to get from the bed to my wheelchair. My bathroom was only like maybe 10 steps away from, from my bed. And I couldn't even make it there. Like so many things happened at one time. And then from there, you know, we decided our kids from this part time is not working because my mother had to drive me an hour up and an hour back every single day to help me try to help me do part time. So eventually I had to medically withdraw. And during this time, I medically withdrew and we were at home for a while. And turns out that I lost almost over 70 pounds within just two, within a two month to four month period. 70 pounds just dropped wow. off out of nowhere. Literally not even trying. It wasn't working out, working out or doing anything. Now, a back part of this, a, a very big part to this story is that all my life, I had never done any kind of medications, like never, not even a basic aspirin. So everything I've done was like holistically and like natural substances, like natural cures, natural natural treatments, natural remedies. So I had never knew anything about no medication. So I was yeah. dealing with all this pain, all this pressure, all this stuff, like naturally. So, you know, at my house, you know, we kind of searched up my symptoms, you know, Despite what the lady, my first um, appointment had said, how she said it may be weight related, we decided to search and we try to go through like my family history and trying to see like, have we seen this kind of, you know, symptoms expressed anywhere throughout anybody else in my family history? And, you know, they drew back to my grandmother on, and my grandfather on my mother's side. And, you know, we could recall that he did have like some, something was wrong with him, like a little kind of arthritis touch, but we kind of equipped it because he was a veteran and he was a hunter. So, you know, we thought like, okay, this is like osteoarthritis or like old, old age, you know, from working, you know, veteran, you know, working on buses, working on cars, you know, hunting let early in the morning. Let me step in though, right here. Mm -hmm. um, because what I want to bring attention to in your journey that you're sharing with us is, is that you and your family um, were told that your condition was associated mm -hmm. with your weight and not, um, and there was no additional, um, assistance provided to you. The only thing you were told was, okay, you're having knee pain, you're having hip pain or whatever the case is, it must be weight related. But you had this journey that took you from being a young woman, which you are still quite mm -hmm. a young woman, who was <laughs> able to do everything you're on your own to someone who actually was disabled and still mm -hmm. trying to accomplish your schooling, still trying to fight through even your mother making certain sacrifices as well mm -hmm. um, to be able to support you and helping you to, to do this successfully. I, we need to cue into that, that <laughs> this, um, this journey of yours was a quite a struggle and all without even knowing that it was rheumatoid arthritis. So, and then you went through the journey to find out that okay, someone in our family had arthritis, but we thought it was just old age. And that's what people yep. often assume that rheumatoid arthritis or any arthritis is associated with old age, but your evidence and I'm evidence as well, that it affects young people as well. So Literally. when you went through that time and you spoke, your family researched and they saw that it was your, um, that you had a relative that had, was affected by arthritis. What, what was the mindset journey for you though throughout all of this immediately after you know i got the we kind of got a cue in our head that okay this may be kind of arthritis related because you know my grandfather had something like this and my grandmother had some kind of little bout with this we think we didn't know for sure because 
once again, it's, it's a great disservice when, you know, we're raised in families or cultures where, you know, these things are not spoken of. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, you know, don't say it, don't claim it. It's almost like, you know, well, you know, don't tell my business. No, people need to know this kind of stuff because, you know, if you're part of a family, this will not only affect you, you like this could affect many other people. You don't know if you have a grandchild down the way, you know, she's wondering, well, where did this come from? You know, well, I don't, I didn't even know of this kind of stuff. You know, I didn't know this beforehand. Like I didn't know anything about this. So, you know, we found out about my grandfather. We searched. So I went straight to Google and I was finding all kind of remedies. I was gingered out. I was turmeric'd out. When I say I was doing all kind of raw stuff, um, it became to the point where I was even finding, you know, ways to relieve pain naturally. I had wrap, I used to wrap my joints in raw cabbage and it works. Like people, like all these little things that people say work, it actually works. So the raw cabbage was relieving the pain mm -hmm. and we was trying to find all different kinds of ways to research and um, exercise. You know, I was started doing water aerobics, which I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk and I couldn't, uh, I could not walk and I could not stand. So, you know, these are all triumphant moments for me every moment that I left my house in that wheelchair like life did not stop because I was in a wheelchair. You know, that period definitely showed me a lot about myself that, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of the regardless of reality, regardless of what's going on within my life. I know that I have the press inside of me to push through regardless. I got, I'll make it you know happen any way possible. If mm -hmm. I have to roll, I'm going to roll. You know, if I have to crawl, I will crawl. So that's definitely one of the main things, you know, I went to do. I went straight to search to Google to find Thanks. answers to a lot of the questions. So you went to Google University, girl. Literally. <laughs> Dr. Google. Dr. Google. It's good for you. Sometimes it's good for you. But sometimes, you know, it sets you on the wrong path. Exactly. And, you know, as a registered nurse, I um, I always say, though, Google in the right hands is powerful. Google mm -hmm. in the wrong hands can have you um, in distress, basically. Literally. Because you never know what Google is going to tell you is the um, is the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So it had me stressing. It had you stressing. Yeah, literally. And um, most of the people that I work with, the clients that I work with is the same case. And that's all. But the thing is, this is you you use Google, but Google gave you some natural and holistic options that actually worked for you. Um, uh, oftentimes people don't go straight to the natural holistic options. There's people who are waiting for a doctor to give them medications to treat it. But you mentioned that wrapping your, um, wrapping your air joint with cabbage, that, raw, that cabbage. Act, raw cabbage actually helped. And, to, a, and a saran wrap around it, wrap it, put raw cabbage on it, saran mm -hmm. wrap around it. Now, listen, disclaimer, it's going to have a little smell. <laughs> <laughs> it's raw cabbage. But it's gonna get uh -huh. the job done. But it's gonna be the pain's gonna be gone. Yes, bump the smell. We're talking yeah. about the relief, okay, <laughs> sis? We're talking about the relief, and we're here to say that this is for informational purposes, y'all. Mm -hmm. Don't be saying that we told y'all um, <laughs> that you need to do this. We're saying this is a, this is something that I've actually heard about that works too, because yep. cabbage, um, things like cabbage and onion, um, mm -hmm. also have some of some benefits in which they can reduce inflammation um, as well as help with supporting pain relief. So very good. I'm proud of you though, girl. You went, yeah. you did all of this without even knowing your actual diagnosis. Without even being diagnosed yet. And then we literally just stopped at the part where, you know, I ended up going home and I just lost all that weight. And that's when we decided, me and my mother decided, Antoinette, hold up. We need to have a sit down and talk about this. At this point, you know, I've never lost an amount of weight in my life. You know, I've always been a more heavier female. So we knew that this was my like, this is a wake up sign that this is more than weight related at this point because it, I lost the weight and it didn't go away. You know, it was like, so mm -hmm. and I lost the weight suddenly without even trying. 
So we decided, you know, in about two months or a few months, let's go get you a checkup. Let's go get a proper checkup, a proper, you know, see what's going on, get a proper, you know, blood work done. So we had decided to go ahead and try to do that the upcoming March. But, you know, at this time, my mother had started getting sick a little bit. We were driving back and forth. And she actually ended up passing away about Mm -hmm. what? Ooh, about one month. Yeah, about a month, a month and a half before I was able to go to my appointment. So she passed away. Yeah, she passed away. And so that month came around and I, w- I went to my appointment by myself with my with one of my um, younger sisters. So we went into the appointment and, you know, when I immediately when I rolled in there, they were like, oh, my God, you know, this girl's so young. You know, I'm young. But I, at the same time, even though I'm young, you know, I'm in a wheelchair, completely wheelchair bound. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm then got a gain weight back and I'm sitting here and I'm rolling here. But I'm yeah, I'm all smiles like I'm smiling. I'm so happy. Go lucky. Like my energy is like. That's just who I am naturally. Like I'm just a happy-go-lucky person, optimistic, mm-hmm. even at my worst, my worst time of my life. Essentially, essentially, like I always say that my biggest test happened literally through my biggest test. So you know, I get into the office. You know, he's talking to me. You know, he's eventually, you know, says, "Okay, well, we need to go ahead and start doing blood work." He goes to do blood work, and then you know, in a few weeks, the blood work comes back, and he lets me. And I come into the office. He lets me know, um, darling, like I don't think you understand. It's definitely rheumatoiditis. But I don't understand how you're not like deformed to how you are sitting here smiling, how you even functioning in this amount of pain that you have to be experiencing. Like this is debilitating at this point. Like I'm completely wheelchair bound. I'm completely, you know, at when even at home time when I'm in the house, I am completely bedridden. Like I can't leave the bed. The only time I can leave the bed is if I'm scooted into the wheelchair. So I'm completely bedridden and wheelchair bound at this time in my life. And I'm only what 23 at that time. I was only 23 at this time. Mm-hmm. And he lets me know we pulled your work. And my inflammation levels, my RA factor was supposed to be no higher than 14 was the max, I believe. When they pulled my numbers, my numbers were so high, over 650, their chart couldn't even properly register what it is. So he's thinking mine had to be like up in the thousands. And like, not only is it up there like that, but I haven't suffered any kind of permanent damage. You know, I haven't suffered any kind of weird. I don't, it's so weird to me how that even happened. Thanks be to God for all things, because that definitely was not supposed to be, you know, the turnout of all those situations. So he diagnosed me there. And not only did he diagnose me with rheumatoid arthritis, he diagnosed me with severe rheumatoid arthritis. So here I am sitting in a doctor's office, 23 years old. My mother just passed, you know, a month, a few months before, you know, I'm sitting here hearing that, you know, there's this autoimmune disease. There's no cure for it yet. You know, it's lifelong. All these things are happening at one time. And then, you know, back at home, you know, my brother, my little baby brother was starting to get sick and starting to feel, you know, he had a, like a, underlying issue and it was starting to get worse at that time and eventually um he ended up passing away to passing up passing away to he had a seizure in his sleep so all these things were happening at one time life piling on life piling on life piling on and then you know not even even to go back a little bit further before my diagnosis you know when my mother was trying to help me get back and forth to school I was pressing so hard because I was literally on my last year of college like I was about to graduate so it was like Mm -hmm. life hit me or already hit me at a time in my life when it was like the most vital part of my life you know so many different things were happening on the outside and around I was finally you know advancing and finally pursuing and finally you know achieving all these different things I had been trying to achieve for so long and I finally got my little apartment I had finally got you know past my classes I finally got all the different things I needed so I always tell my story like RA happened at that time for me. So immediately in that appointment, he diagnosed me with severe RA and he goes to let me know immediately we got to attack this thing. We had to try to attack this thing. So he immediately threw all kinds of medications at, at me. Now, mind you, once again, you know, I had never taken any medications. I had never taken any kind of 
not even a basic aspirin, never. I had never even had vaccinations. I just never got sick besides like a common cold every now and again, but I had never gotten sick. So he threw all these things at me. I didn't know what I'm even like, he's trying to explain to me. I'm trying to look it up. But at this point, you know, he just told me that I have to attack this thing. I have to attack this thing. So he immediately put me on, you know, the prednisone. He immediately mm-hmm. put me on the, the meloxicam. He immediately put me on the, he introduced methotrexate a few weeks later. A few weeks later. Mm-hmm. He immediately, you know, introduced, you know, I had to do a lot of th- liver thyroxine, all these different things he threw me on. And then within four months, I was back up and walking. Of course, with these, you know, with the medications included, I had continued to do my holistic practices with, you know, like swimming, you know, exercising and healthy eating. So all those things paired together within four months, I was back up in my heels, trying on heels. So when, how long was that time between your, the, the doctor who told you it was your weight to the doctor who told you it was severe RA? The doctor told me it was my weight when I was around age 20. By the time I got my diagnosis, I was 23. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that was a three year span and it was very likely you were starting to see some symptoms even before you were 20 years old, but just yes. never, um, never knew they were anything because first of all, the doctors were Wait. basically medical gaslighting you telling yes. you it was one thing that it was not. Um, and then on top of it, we're not taking your concerns um, as seriously, mm-hmm. but you still push for learn natural and holistic methods that work for you. And then you turned around also and found another doctor after going to Google University. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, that part. So I, what I want to do is commend you because you've had a challenging journey. I'm so sorry for the loss of your mom and the loss of your brother. I know that that added on to stress that could have contributed also to your symptoms at times because that stress that we go through can um, can also in, can also cause us to have inflammation. But there was one thing that stood out. Even the doctors recognized it and I recognize it too. Despite all of those challenges and the loss you had, you maintained a positive mindset. How did you do that, sis? How did you do it? This amazing company connects my passion with my purpose as I serve the chronic illness community. Drugview helps patients with autoimmune diseases gain full control of their health journey. For free, they consolidate your medical records to a streamlined portal match you to clinical trials, and identify better treatment options for you. They help patients with autoimmune diseases gain control of their health journey by, as I mentioned, for free, giving you a secure platform with all of your medical records in one place, a tool that matches you to clinical trials based on your unique health history, and even more, a community where you can discover outcomes and side effects of medications and have discussions, interact with patients with similar health histories and diagnoses just like you. In order to access these amazing benefits for free, select the link that is associated with this wonderful company. With Honestly, I always always contributed to my faith. Mm-hmm. My faith is the one thing that no matter what happens around me, if the world is lit up, if I have that little bit, you got to have some kind of hope, some kind of faith in something. You have to trust in something. You have to believe that something else, you know, could good could come out of this. Like something like even if, you know, God forbid, if I was stuck in that wheelchair, there's people I could touch. You know, at least there's somebody else I can relate to. You know, there's something I, I'm able to do something when I was stuck in this bed, looking at them four walls for almost three, you know, for a couple of years straight, like two years straight. I was stuck in this bed looking at these four little walls every single day. I was not leaving my home. 
you know, I was still in here, you know, I was able to find a group community of people on, you know, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's always something I'm able to do. Like I'm out here bringing smiles to people. I'm like a big part of, you know, I always equate this, like I said before, it's my faith. Plain blank period, my faith. Thanks be to God for all things, you know. When I was sitting in this bed, the one thing I could do, I probably couldn't walk. I couldn't go, you know, doing what I want to do. I couldn't really get pull up, you know, what I needed on the computer sometimes because my hand was hurting so bad. But I'm a singer, so I was able to sing. At least I could, you know, sing. I'm a songwriter, so I was constantly writing so many songs during that time of my life. I equate it to my faith and just, you know, how I was raised. Excellent. Um, that is beautiful. And one thing is, is faith um, is so important for those of us who have chronic illnesses um, because it assures us, it's the assured expectation of things to, that we can't see. We can't see better days coming to us, but we can have that faith that it will. Um, And I'm so proud of you that your faith strengthened you to be able to keep pushing forward and not just look at how you can affect your own life, but how you can affect the life of others. And you're right. From that wheelchair and from your feet, from your smile, from your computer, you are touching the lives of so many with your page and with um, your positivity mindset that you have it exceeds um you glow (laughs) so much that i was like i have to have her on my platform in order to tell your story your story stems it may have started out in a, a place where it seemed like there was no hope um, and that you just don't know what would happen, but you kept cre- leaning into your faith and creating space for hope um, in your life throughout all of your challenges. And I just I, I pray that you continue to glow <laughs> and shine in the way that you are, um, because it's what actually um, brought me and you together was that was that positivity um, that you have and how much you are touching the lives of so many in the chronic illness community. So. Keep up that good work, girl. So Thank we've you. we've been through a lot. We've we've discussed your full journey. We've talked about how you went to Google University. We've yes. also talked about how um, you had you experienced medical gaslighting that eventually and eventually you learned to advocate for yourself not just through utilizing natural holistic methods, but by finding a doctor who would actually take provide you what you needed. But beyond that, um, we're here today, sis. So what is, what is, um, what is in store for you? What is a part of your future? What are your goals that you are striving to accomplish now? Health wise, my goals are, look, I always say that, you know, the RA diagnosis or like the words, no cure does not mean no hope. So like, I'm hoping to hit remission as soon as possible. I'm hoping to be off, you know, I'm slowly weaning off a of prednisone. I'm hoping to be off that. I'm hopefully hoping to have um, managed my disease so well that I'm able to, you know, move off of some of the stuff that I'm on to be able to try to battle it, you know, holistically, as in like bringing up my natural, bringing my natural remedies back and that being enough to sustain me. Um, I'm hoping on the educational side to finish out my little last year and go ahead and finally obtain the degree that I was pursuing, I was actively pursuing. You know, spiritually wise, I'm just hoping to be able to get back up and do more that I was already, you know, actively doing then. You know, I'm back on my, you know, singing, back to my writing, you know, being able to socialize outside of, you know, Instagram and real life. 
you know, mm-hmm. some of, all those little things I'm, I'm actively, you know, excited about. Yeah. And the truth is, it is the little things that ma- matter so much to us. Um, when you live with multiple chronic illnesses, and that's what you and I have in common, yes. is that you not only live with rheumatoid arthritis, but you also have other conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, being having rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, and having have lived with endometriosis and other conditions prior to that, it's well, it's when you lose those abilities to do those small, what other people take for granted, like being able to do your hair, like yes. being able to take a bath without being in pain, you know, um, being able to really associate and connect with others. Um, people take those type or walking. People take those things for granted, but it means so much when we're able to regain those things. Even more so, like not even being able to bathe without pain. I don't think people realize how much of a humbling experience these things are. Because mm-hmm. there were days I couldn't even, you know, not to be so, you know, crude about it, but there's times I couldn't even use my own hand to wipe my own self. There's yeah. times I couldn't bathe my own self. Like there's times I couldn't put my own stockings up. There were, there were times that if I had rolled over on my side, I couldn't physically roll myself back. Like I would need somebody to come move my stuff for me. I'll need somebody to lift my own leg for me. And it wasn't because, you know, I'm not no heavy person. It was because my body literally, my muscles had wasted away so bad. It was like all these different things. Like I used to be really, really strong when I was younger. And from going to like, when I say strong, I was really strong. Like I could literally almost lift a whole couch by myself. I was really, really strong. From going from that experience to Turning out, I couldn't even lift a washcloth. A washcloth, a toothbrush was too heavy for me to even hold, to lift. Wow. Like, I don't think people understand how extreme this was. Like, you know, I can sit here and try, like, because of my smell, like, don't get it, like, don't get it confused. Like, no, I suffered. I suffered. Like, all these different things, you know, 23, diagnosed, mother's gone, brother's passing away, being told, you know, autoimmune disease, you know, no cure for it. And then also being told I need to sign up to get a handicap sticker at 23. Three, I'm getting a handicap sticker and being told at 24, 20, 24 and 25 that, you know what, you know, it seems that because of how bad you are and where you have um, advanced to, this may be the height of your advancement. This may be as well as you're probably going to be. And I'm still living in like a really weird amount of pain still, even though I'm on so many different things and being told at 25 and 24 that I need to consider, you know, filling out disability forms. Like, it's really weird, like for, um, to, get get on disability it's like so many different things that you know people don't realize that go on outside of this just seeing my face and hearing my story it's a very humbling experience especially for Mm -hmm. a person who's used to doing stuff all by herself and used to being you know independent to being to from having to be independent to having to ask somebody hello can you help me use the restroom or hey can i get something to eat or i need to brush my teeth like you don't really understand this life unless you have you know witnessed it or lived it. Exactly. And that's why we need to tell these stories is so that people can stop looking at the exterior, stop looking at the fact that we have conditions or illnesses that you can't see. Um, many of us, especially it, is, it seems like, especially for Black women, many of us, you can't really see it. And that's why we're oftentimes our illnesses go undiagnosed or untreated because they're like, there's no way you could be looking like this, smiling like this and going and and under all this pain, but when you really take the time to do the lab work, and I encourage any doctor who is listening, um, any healthcare professionals who is li- who are listening, I am a nurse, 
by the way, but <laughs> I don't, I can't write those lab work. I can't write, write yeah. the lab work. But if you are listening, just do the lab work. Don't look at the exterior. Don't look at what you see the person being able to, uh, what they appear to be accomplishing without struggle when they really are struggling. We're raised in cultures and communities where we push through so much, where we are mm -hmm. able to mask and hide our pain so much that even when we need medical help, help and treatment, we're not able to get it because people are so affected by what we look like and not by what is really going on with our bodies. So if you get anything out of this conversation, um, for those who are listening, especially for healthcare providers, go beyond the appearances. Take the time to not just look at the exterior. Don't look at a, the fact that a person may appear to be overweight, so this may be their, <laughs> their situation. Don't look at the fact that a person is not currently in front of you grimacing from pain. Think about the cultural backgrounds and how many of us have higher pain tolerances. And that just might be genetics, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Literally. Um, and it and I come from a family of women who have um, auto multiple autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses that took so long to get diagnosed because people looked at their exterior and did not take the time to really look at the lab results, look at the diagnostic testing, even give them the chance to even get mm -hmm. it. So I encourage anyone who has listened to advocate for yourself and find that person who is going to listen to you. Um, find that support system like Antoinette has. And not only has she found a support system, she became a support system to so much, so many people. So Antoinette, before we close out, I want to know, Antoinette Crisana, I love that. <laughs> I want Thank to you. know, where can we find you? Um, we would love to continue to um, follow your journey as well as encourage others to do the same. I have three places you could find me. And throughout all those places, throughout social media, I made a, a hashtag entitled RA looks like me too. And if you type that hashtag in, even in the Google, you should be able to find me. But on IG specifically, I have my RA warrior page is illis.chronicles. And that's where I talk about, you'll see my whole RA journey on there. You see my pictures, you know, all my, background information on my background stuff on that on that page then i have my personal page was antoinette underscore chrisana that page i don't really speak about ra basically it's more of a kind of my personal life but like not the ra side it's more like a break away from ra you'll see me in my heels you see me like my funny side my, my personality on that side um if you go to i do have a public page which is tweeny so tweeny underscore and that's that's it right there and you can just go there and find me too Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I want you all to please go follow her. Let her continue to be a, um, <laughs> a, a, a light and a um, continue to glow in the way she has done so in my life and yours as well. She is has so much to offer. And then finally, um, you say that you're going to you hope to go back to school to finish up your one last year. What is that degree going to be in? That degree, I actually, I, the so the funny part is I actually changed it right before I got sick. So it was early childhood education, but now it's like philosophy and sociology. 
Okay. So sis is about to do big things in this <laughs> world. Okay. Um, yes. Either way, whatever you decide to do, I know you are going to make a big difference. And um, you have done so much research. Well, actually, you're gathering so much research for whatever you're, um, you pursue in your career with yeah. um, sociology and philosophy as well. So keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I hope that it has touched the lives of many young women women that are out there, um, not just young women, um, us midlife women, because some people don't know <laughs> sisters in her midlife right now and beyond. Um, I hope that it touches you to see that despite the challenges in your journey, you can learn to thrive. You can have a mindset that pushes you to remain positive so that you don't have to allow your illness to become you. We may have rheumatoid arthritis. We may have chronic illnesses, but those chronic illnesses do not define us. Um, so in the end, everyone, I want to thank Antoinette Chrisana for being with us today, for sharing your journey. It has touched my heart today. And I want to let everyone who is listening know that despite all you may going, be going through, we Inflamed Sisters always thrive together.